I failed you, Ben. I'm sorry. I'm sure you are. The resistance is dead. The war is over. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. The rebellion is reborn today. The war is just beginning. Jedi. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl Leclerc, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 362, The Spark. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Poe Dameron and Admiral Emmeline Holdo to my Captain Kennedy, we have Carl Leclerc and Katie Horn. Hello! Well, two of you die in a... One believes to be a dignified way, one actually dies in a dignified way. Uh, okay. <laughs> I will just give the largest sneer as the podcast continues. I'm, um, I'm just going to lead all the freaking troops and look fabulous like while doing it. I mean, come on. <laughs> I got my tiara and my purple hair. And we should have started this podcast five bloody minutes ago. <laughs> Sorry I was late, Jason. No, I did that. Fine, 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 really. That was more, yeah, that like, was more Jason, meta you really, than you intended. I'm like, right? You're just going to call Carl out like this and just drag him? Yeah, exactly. I just had to, I just had to use Captain Kennedy's best line. So, oh, man. Oh, my goodness. So, we are continuing and coming to the end of our journey to the Rise of Skywalker, um, which comes out in a, well, when we release this, a week from today. <laughs> oh god oh, how freaking uh, nuts is that um oh my tummy hurts like <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh that's just that's just crazy so you know in a week we'll have seen the conclusion of the skywalker saga with rise of skywalker but before we get there we have to talk about the last jedi episode eight and that's what we are going to be doing in this episode today's tonight this afternoon whatever time of day it is for you <laughs> whatever it doesn't matter um, yes. Please delete as appropriate to quote Riley Blanton. <laughs> <laughs> so before we we dive into this spark of a podcast, um, <laughs> we did have a matchup from last week where we asked all of you who would win in a fight between Cara Dune and Captain Phasma. Uh, two very powerful, badass women um, in the Star Wars world. And Jason, what did the Larians have to say about this epic fight? That broke. Oh, well, it, it was it was a lot. There was a lot of responses uh, to our, our Twitter and Facebook uh, polls here. And my goodness. Um, well, it was a bit of a, a bit of a route, I will say. Um, and I don't know how much of this is. Uh, I don't know how much of this is actually due to, you know, the characters themselves or just the newness of of one of these characters. But we have uh Cara Dune came in with 181 votes Captain Ooh. Phasma 41 oh for our Larians dang yeah uh Katie I feel like you've got some thoughts on this matchup um, I do so, so I want to know who you picked <laughs> Um, okay, well, first of all, if it came to fisticuffs, it would be Phasma all the way. Uh, the Larians are incorrect, except for the 41 who agree with me. You're, you're, you're <laughs> I love you guys. Um, but honestly, the correct answer, the true galaxy brain answer, is that they should just get married and have a beautiful <laughs> summer wedding. 
on Twitter, um, Megan, <laughs> Megan made me like a really beautiful Photoshop edit of their summer wedding, and it was glorious. Thank you for that, Megan. You have the heart of a true Jedi. <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, yeah. So the correct answer is wedding. Just get married, <laughs> live happily ever after, uh, kiss all the time. Beautiful. Just, <laughs> It'd be hard through that helmet. Um. <laughs> She'd take it off for Kara. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you had to pick one for the matchup, Phasma? Yeah, yeah, I think it would be Phasma. Just because, like, I don't know, I saw Rose take sev- several direct shots at Phasma, and Phasma just stood there and didn't even care. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't think Cara Dune could get through and phase Phasma, like, at all, and then Phasma would just run her through with a spear, because that's how Phasma do. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. Carl. Uh, I'm with Katie and the minority. Nice. Uh, I, I, I think everybody, which I'm not surprised, we're, ju- we're just coming off of Cara Dune's premiere episode, which was awesome, and she is awesome. But let's remember, Phasma is like the hand-picked leader of the First Order Army, which is one of the most elite militaries. Uh, she's no joke. Like, Cara Dune is also no joke, but she's no Phasma. Uh, I'm with you, Katie. I think Phasma just messes her up if they fight. So nice. I don't even think it's that close. Like, Kara's great. Like, again, like, I, I know that people love Cara Dune, and I do too. And I, I would pick her for who I prefer as a character. But Phasma, like, I, I, don't, I don't know how many people are able to just ignore the fact that she is this highly trained First Order leader. Um, that's not nothing. Cara Dune was just a, like, yeah, she was a rebel drop trooper. Um, after the Battle of Endor. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's not to, like, take anything away from that, but totally different type of training. So I think I think Phasma takes it, like, literally nine and a half out of ten times. Yeah. <laughs> so. She's just a freight train, honestly. Yeah, she like, really yeah. is. So, but yeah. Oh. What do you think, Jason? Uh, I am with the majority, but the minority on this podcast. I'm going to say Cara <laughs> Dune. Um, because Phasma is exactly the type of person that Cara and her team would have been hunting down post-Battle of Endor. False. Um, false. She's, she's First Order, not Empire. <laughs> totally different The training. type of person. The type of person. <laughs> okay. Good gravy. Um, <laughs> false still, but okay. <laughs> um i i I don't know i i she also punched the mandalorian in the helmet and he took more damage than she did so um i'm you know that that's kind of saying something i guess i don't know but i i don't think we've seen the the last of cara dune and the most epicness of cara dune either so i'm I'm giving her six out of ten on this one uh, times uh, coming out victorious. So I, I I still think it's close and Phasma's no slouch. So, um, but for right now, I'm going Cara Dune. I like it. So. Yeah, valid. Yep. Yeah. Uh, final tally, eight, uh, 182 for Cara Dune, 43 <laughs> for Captain Phasma. Uh, <laughs> oh, real close. <laughs> yeah. So Love it. But enough about I'm enough about those two. Uh, we, we've got um, a, a, an entire movie to discuss uh, and not a lot of time to do so. Right. But we do have a poll for you at the end of the episode as well. So you can stick around for that. Um, Katie, I missed you last week. Last Jedi oh. is also your movie. Why don't you start us off? <laughs> I just... Oh, God. You guys, this movie's perfect. I, I love it. The more I watch it, the, the more I fall in love with it. I think... It really does so much to, gosh, how do I even phrase this? Like, it, it pays off so much. It, uh, the Force Awakens is such a, a hug to the OT, which mm. is valid. You mm. know, you got to kind of, you know, so many OT fans kind of were left cold by the prequels and they didn't feel like there was, you know, anything in Star Wars kind of left for them. And the Force Awakens was like, no, 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 we're we're going back to that aesthetic. We're we're con- we're continuing the story, continuing the OT that you love so much. But I feel like the Last Jedi just kind of comes in and it was like, no, 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 wait, this is one whole continuous story, and we're paying off the entire saga, not just paying homage to the OT. I think it really established the sequel trilogy as more than just a sequel. 
Mm. You know, it's more than just, hey, here's that original trilogy feeling that you love repackaged for a new era. It's like, no, 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 this is really a, a, a necessary part in a nine part story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, we, we got brought back a lot of like the Jedi lore and stuff, which was right. not not really found that much in the OT. I mean, there was some, there was definitely some, but like there was definitely stuff that was in there for the PT people Mm -hmm. as well to really kind of connect this through line. I mean, mean, Luke Skywalker mentions Darth Sidious for goodness sake. That's exactly what I was about to say. I was Mm. like, yeah, we actually got a name drop of Darth Sidious. And it's just, I don't know. It kind of blew my my mind a little bit hearing Luke Skywalker say that name. Luke like, Skywalker named the biggest villain of the prequel trilogy in the sequel trilogy. I, it, you know, in a way that should not have shaken me as much as it did, like because it's all it's all canon, it's all part of the same story, and yet I never expected Luke Skywalker to say those words. Like he met Darth Sidious, and I still never yeah. <laughs> expected him to say those <laughs> words. <laughs> I could not have been more shook if he had said Mace Windu. Like, can you imagine, <laughs> like Luke Skywalker? Says the words Mace Windu, like I would have vibrated out of my chair. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true. Um, and actually, you know, I I've mentioned it before. You know, some of the music definitely feels prequel to me. Like the 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 music that starts playing during the the big climactic move, uh, moment where we've got the. Uh, the lightsaber being pulled between uh, Ray and Kylo and Holdo getting ready to do her maneuver and all that stuff sounds really Revenge of the Sith to me. Mm. It, mm-hmm. it really the, the way the trumpets just go at it sounds a lot like stuff from Revenge of the Sith to me. So it's like there definitely are broadening things. And they didn't necessarily i mean they mentioned clones in force awakens so right yeah uh, but you know it's so it's like well it was like it was such a i don't know it was such a almost like backhanded thing where it's all like hey maybe we should have a clone army and hux is like that's the worst idea i've ever heard clones (laughs) ruined my childhood how dare you (laughs) (laughs) right but you're right the 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 last jedi does start to really kind of you know, build this idea that this is a, a nine episode arc, mm-hmm. you know, an episode story, um, rather than trying to keep it all separated. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, when I, uh, when I look back on like everything we've talked about the, you know, over this past year, God, what, what is time even time is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been, a whole year looking over this saga and and we are still asking the question, you know, what does it mean to be a Jedi? You know, and and Luke is at a point in his story where he's looking at the Jedi and he tells Ray straight up that their their legacy is that of failure. And of course Ray's initial reaction is to say, No, it's not, that's not true, because we are conditioned to think that failure is a bad thing, you know? But then by the end of this movie, we've broken down what it means to fail and how it is a necessary step. You know, the Jedi had to fail. They had to fall because they came out stronger for it. You know, as Yoda says, the greatest teacher failure is. And the Jedi couldn't have learned. They couldn't have grown if not for the failures that we saw in in the prequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. And even Luke's own failure trying to bring the Jedi back. You know, we're getting something wrong and we're finally learning. And then hopefully in nine, we'll be in a place where where it's better than when we started. You know, we talk about how idyllic episode one was. You know, everything feels Mm. so innocent and naive, and everything feels perfect in a way. Mm. You know, there is a phantom menace. There's something simmering underneath. You know, we know that it's not quite right. And hopefully, by episode nine, we'll have resolved it, you know, brought it to light, healed it, and moved on to a place that's even better than that perfect, idyllic beginning, you know? Yeah. And yeah. when I always feel like when Luke refers to the legacy of the Jedi as failures, in part that's true, but I also think he's he's also doing some covering up for his own guilt. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's an easy way uh like he screws up with Ben and therefore just assumes he's 
the biggest failure in the world and the Jedi are therefore failures and the Jedi Order is a stupid thing and a problematic thing and we don't need it. Um, which is kind of an immature, just, just like a very immature way of going about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think Luke struggles so hard with that guilt that everything else, like his philosophy in light of that, like the the philosophy he's kind of feeding Ray and the, the two lessons that he gives her, the first one about, you know, you d- the light, the light is always there, right? Um, which is something that Maz Kanata tells Ray in, in, in Force Awakens. Um, right. But I think what, you know, Luke is saying to her, though, in that moment, like, you know, that light is always there. It doesn't belong to the Jedi, which is true. Um, he's not wrong, right? The Force doesn't belong to the Jedi. Um, and yet, you know, and then in that second lesson, by st- starting it with, you know, well, the legacy of the Jedi's failure. And then as Ray prods a little bit deeper, right? Like Ray, in a right, I think one of the biggest things that gets turned on its head, much to many people's disappointment in Last Jedi, and and I think this is, I mean, it was done intentionally, um, right? We all expected Luke to be like the Yoda of Last Jedi, mm. um, right? And uh, and he's not, and in, instead, Ray is the one who has to come and kind of provide some level of healing for Luke. Um, right. I, I love that scene when, when Luke shares with her some element of the truth of what happened with Ben and, you know, and, and you really like, you just hear it in his voice. You see it. I mean, Mark Hamill acts so well in the whole movie. Um, but especially in the scene that, you know, the way his, just like the tears comes to his eyes as he talks about really failing with Ben and failing Leia, um, Right. You, you just you can feel that that guilt and that shame that Luke is carrying. Um, and Ray, like I love that moment where Ray stands up and, you know, Kylo, you know, you didn't fail Kylo. Kylo failed you. I won't. Like, I love that moment. That's one of my favorite Ray moments. It's I mean, she is a ray of sunshine. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I just I think it's so what's so what's so like turned on its head in that encounter is that reality that. You know, Ray comes seeking guidance from Luke, and yet she's the one who kind of has to bring Luke back into the light, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because he he really, and I, I think a lot of that is because he shut himself off from the Force. You know, he, right? That is, you know. It's no, it's no surprise Yoda shows up when he does because Luke is reconnected to the Force. Mm-hmm. If Luke hadn't shut himself off from the Force, Yoda would have shown up long ago. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and you know, but but Luke just wasn't receptive to be able to to see and to interact with that because he completely shut himself off. Um, and you know, knowing that that was a possibility is probably part that and you know not wanting to <laughs> reach out and, and touch Leia through the force, you know, because of his guilt, uh, it's no surprise. He decided to shut himself off because he, he needed to, you know, he's trying to protect himself from that because he's already f- beating himself up so much more. That he, you know, he's just imagining that everyone else would, you know, feel the, the shame and, and the, you know, just, you know, condemn him as well for that but you know it's it, you, you know he can't be the yoda of this movie when yoda is the yoda in this movie um you know <laughs> yoda is the yoda. <laughs> I mean, he, he comes back and he 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 falls right back into that teaching and we get you know a great a, one more great teaching out of yoda here um and and it's just great, and and I, I like how we're we're you know still asking you know what does it mean to be a Jedi and what's the legacy of the Jedi? That's the big question that this movie really talks about and really brings up in a way that the others haven't. That is an overarching theme of this series. This is something that is huge, and we still don't know you know the final answer. And in all honesty, we probably won't after Episode Nine. You know, that's that's the journey that will keep going, is my guess, you know, and, you know, we'll just see the next, the beginnings of the next evolution of the Jedi, 
in the rise of Skywalker is is my is my guess here because it, what we have is is a low point for the Jedi. They had risen to the heights of power by the time we got to the prequels. Their recent history is does have you know some significant failures, failures to you know get involved in a war that they shouldn't have been involved in, failures to. Uh, you know, be soldiers rather than protectors of peace. Failures to recognize the uh, rise of of Darth Sidious, who overthrew them from their lofty towers on Coruscant. Um, but they rose. They rose again in a small, quiet, unassuming way uh, to do some very dramatic things, like you know, bringing the chosen one back to the good side of the Force. And halting Sidious in his tracks. Um, I, I think what we're seeing now is Sidious is trying to get momentum again. And that's why yeah. <laughs> this is all starting to come back to the fore. And after, you know, Ben, you know, eliminates most of, of Luke's school. It was almost like a not quite a false start for the Jedi, you know, rising back up again. But it was, it was a stumble, uh, not a failure, because I, I don't know. Maybe it was a bit of a failure on Luke's part. But yeah, it, yeah, it, I think I think Luke failed Ben. You yeah. know, well, because I, I I hear what Carl what you're saying about you know that that moment where we're raised like you know. Y- you didn't fail Kylo. Kylo failed you. That assumption is based on a lie. Like I agree, it's a very strong moment for Ray, where she's all like, "I'm not going to fail. I'm I'm not going to fall like he did." You know, that that's very strong for her. But when she says, "You didn't fail Kylo. He failed you," that is based on the assumption that Luke just went to go see Ben in the middle of the night, and Ben flew off the handle for no reason. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't learn the truth till later. And when she learns the truth, she's so mad, you know, is it true? Did you try to murder him? You know, it's, it's not as simple as, well, Ben just decided to fall one day. He just, you know, so I think, I think Luke did fail Ben. He failed Ben when he went into Ben's room in the middle of the night with a sword, you know, he, it, it, it's, I've said this before and I'll surely say it again. It's just like, you know, Yoda telling Luke, you know, your weapons, you will not need them. You know, you will go into that dark side tree and you will only find what you bring with you. And he brings a weapon and he finds a fight. And then that's exactly what happens when he goes into Ben's bedroom in the middle of the night. Mm. He's going to his nephew's bedroom and his nephew's asleep. There's no reason to bring a sword unless some part of him thinks that he will need to use it, you know? He gave in to that fear, and he gave in to that anger, and and you know that that's when Ben fell. So I think yes, Luke did fail his nephew, and then he admits it at the end of the movie. Right. I failed you, Ben. Failed I'm you, yeah. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So um. Yeah. So yeah. And I think, yeah. and well, and I think that's why also at the end, Luke knows, and I know we've talked about this before, but Luke knows he can't be the one to save Ben, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's out of his hands. He's the reason that Ben is Kylo, <laughs> and and he and he's owned that at this point, um, and understands that he's not going to be the one to bring him back. Um, but it doesn't mean that he's irredeemable, and I don't think Luke thinks that either. Luke just knows right. he can't be the one to do it. Right. Um, yeah. Exactly. And you know, I mean, I uh, yeah, I just I don't think that you know for for Luke that. Um, uh, I I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I have no idea what I was going to okay. say. Um, but uh, I so one thing I wanted to really kind of highlight though is is just kind of looking specifically at Kylo and Ray in this movie, and yes. um, <laughs> right because like obviously they are the focal point of this trilogy. And they're the ones through which the Force is, like, working out its story still, right? The Skywalker saga is being worked out now through these characters. Um, and I think what's really neat is that we, we do kind of – we get two very uh, different modes of being from these characters. So Kylo's thesis statement in Last Jedi is, you know, let the past die, kill it if you have to. 
by the end of this movie, Kylo's lightsaber blade will have now impaled two legacy characters. Now, granted, yes, it doesn't literally impale Luke, um, but that was the intention, and that's the same blade that he kills his father with. Um, Kylo is enacting the killing of the past. You know, that's what he thinks he needs to do um, in order to bring about something better in the galaxy requires some sort of expulsion of the things that came before. Whereas Ray is someone who I idolizes in some way the, the legend of the Jedi, right? Like when Luke, you know, mm-hmm. even says to her in that moment, the, their legacy is failure. That's not true. Um, and I love the moment. It's obviously in the deleted scene, but I love that moment in the deleted scene when she goes to rescue the, the caretakers from the supposed pirates. Um, right, right. right? And, and obviously like <laughs> Luke uses this kind of as a teaching moment of like, you know, that's not how a Jedi is supposed to act. But Ray just she's she's pretty much done with him at this point. Right. And I love in that moment when she says, you know, that. That legend of Luke Skywalker you hate so much, I still believe in. Um, And I think that that's something really powerful between these characters. And I think that this is probably one of the central themes of the sequel trilogy is how do we we grapple with our past? A past that we sometimes idealize that wasn't perfect. Um, And I think neither Rey nor Kylo is fully right. Um, I mean, I think Kylo's closer to wrong than Rey is. Um, But... (laughs) You know, I think it's it's really fascinating to me that, you know, for Kylo to move forward, you have to literally destroy everything that came before, which is pretty foolish. Um, and Ray is trying to make sense of these legends and myths that she's heard growing up and finding her place in those. Right. I think I mean, that's clearly Ray's uh, journey in this is trying to figure out where she belongs Um and she she seeks that belonging ideally from Luke, and Luke fails her in, in some ways, right? Uh, he's not yeah. able to give her a sense of purpose and meaning in this journey, um, and that's why she turns to Kylo. Um, she turns to the enemy. Um, so, you know, and Kylo. I mean, it, he's obviously a very conflicted character, but. When the bets are down, I mean, I don't think Kylo has Ray's best interest at heart at all. He's using her. <laughs> you know, you're nothing, but you are to me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Says the line of every abusive lover. <laughs> so yeah, like, uh. um, that's terrible. But, you know, so but she turns to him because she's seeking that purpose and belonging. Um, so, you know, but but Luke pushes her to it. So, you know, when she leaves when she leaves Octo, it's with this hope of, you know, well, he's our only hope then because Luke's not going to rejoin. And Ray's still kind of unable to recognize that. No, you are, you're the hope, you know, right. Luke, right. Luke's failing you. Kylo's failing. You can do this. Like this is, this is you, this is your story now. Um, so I don't know. What do you all think? Um, Obviously, I have really strong feelings about Ray and Kylo. I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, I, I always, I always hear what you're saying, Carl, about how a lot of Kylo's lines towards Ray are problematic and can definitely be read as abusive. I, I don't think that's his intent, you know. Uh, but I, but I do. I, I always come back to Ray and Kylo are two halves of something you know Mm. they are the light and the dark and i think i think the point of the sequel trilogy and then therefore kind of the saga as a whole is that you know you think that there are two halves of something two sides that can never reconcile never ever but in fact they are part of each other and in fact they love each other and that love is what will ultimately you know bring them together and bind each other you know i think you know raylo just kind of ties everything together to me in such a specific way um, that, again, I guess we don't know if that's actually what they're going to go for. We'll see <laughs> at the end of episode nine. But to me, there's such a harmony. There's such a balance between, you know, you think that Ray and Kylo are supposed to hate each other and they have every reason to hate each other. But in fact, they love each other, <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, and I think 
kind of the point of them, you know, fighting all the time. And, you know, it, and it comes, you know, they, they are on such opposite ends of things. I think kind of the point there is that hurting each other, you know, being in a relationship, you will inevitably, sadly, hurt the person that you care about. You know what I mean? If, if I don't mean like you should should be fighting all the time. <laughs> That's not what I mean. But if you are in a relationship and you are vulnerable with somebody and you let them in, they will hurt you. You know? How do you, but how do you move on from that and how do you let them in anyway? You know, because having up all the walls and never letting anybody in and isolating yourself is not a good way to live either. You know, we need those connections with other people. And so I think maybe the point with, with Ray and Kylo is that they have these huge disagreements, but they care about each other and that caring, that understanding, you know, reaching across the galaxy to touch hands, you know, that is more important than their dis- than the disagreements, you know, and the and I think they will find a way to move forward together. Hmm. Their their story is definitely intertwined. Hmm. Um, it's it still remains to be seen, you know, what that ultimately means. Um, but it's just a weird a weird situation because um, I do I do definitely agree and say that you know that we're not done with them as you know main players together obviously you know <laughs> you know a bunch of stuff in these trailers has the two of them fighting or uh you know having some sort of confrontation or something like that going on uh in the trailers for last jedi uh however um i i just don't know i don't know what it means you know moving forward together because the last thing that they do in this movie is she closes the door on him in mm-hmm. the last Jedi. That's mm-hmm. the last thing she does with Kylo. She closes the door in his face, essentially. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, uh, what's interesting. Is it, he's the desperate one in the third right, act right. of the film, right? In a way that she kind of is in the first and second act, right? Desperate in the sense of, right? She is desperate for a sense of belonging and purpose. Obviously, yeah. the specificity of her, her, um, uh, you know, need to know who her parents are. Um, she's the desperate one, whereas Kylo, in some ways, continues to be the one who's in control, um, right? Like, like he was all through Force Awakens in, in their encounters. Um, until the last one when she takes control. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, you know, in that third act, I feel like he is the desperate one, right? The way, mm-hmm. you know, you know, join me, please. You know, and even the way he's looking at her at that last in that last force connection, it's, there's like this pleading look in his eyes. He doesn't say anything, obviously, but his eyes to me like say, where are you going? Please stay. I need you. <laughs> yeah. um, but, she, yeah. but I think she's seen what, he still is and she she doesn't have time for that crap um rightfully so in my opinion so she does close I mean, the door um yeah. you know no i'm not i'm not gonna stay and fix you um, right yeah yeah know, that's not her job at all um no and um i think she knows her journey is taking a new step and she's she so for for me the her closing the door is saying that my journey needs to continue without you i came to you hoping that we could move forward together but we can't, at least not right now. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think there's a difference between I'm moving on and you can't come with me. I think her closing the door. I don't know. It is open to interpretation for sure. But for my yeah. for my Raylo sensibilities, I think it's like you know she's looking down and she's like, "You coming?" And he's like, "No, come back to me." And she's like, "Nah, I am not going down there to wallow with you. I'm I'm moving on." And I don't think it was her necessarily saying, "You can't come with me," because I think if he did want to go, if he was like, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, please let me on the Falcon." mommy you know he like runs to leia (laughs) i think i think she would have left the door open but he wasn't willing to go and she wasn't willing to stay so they went their separate ways you know yeah 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 
another uh, another thing I wanted to talk about. If we're ready to move on from Ray and Kylo, yeah, I very much want to talk yeah. about this idea of of the cycle. You know, I, I brought this up with uh, Force Awakens. I kind of like had that galaxy brain moment where I'm like, "There's always a way to blow it up." What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we and we know. We know because we have seen seven and eight of these movies by now that blowing it up does not work. (laughs) We will just end up right back in the same place. We are caught in this cycle. And to me, this movie really highlights that when DJ talks about the machine, it's all a machine partner, you know, this, this machine of war and all it does is consume and all it does is crush people beneath the wheel. You know, it's a machine. And DJ thinks that the only way to escape that machine is to just not join. Just don't, you just don't play, you know, Mm. but the machine eats him up and spits him out anyway. You know, not, not taking a side feeds the machine anyway, because he's, you know, he, he will, he helps the resistance, but then he just turns around and helps the first order you know, maybe that allows him some more personal freedom, but it's not a very fulfilling life. And it's not, he's still being crushed by that machine. There's no escape from it. And, and I really think that Phasma calling, looking to Finn and saying that he is a bug in the system, you know, he's a stormtrooper who quit. (laughs) I think that's directly calling out the fact that Finn will help dismantle the machine of war. Um, you know, we we can't keep feeding stormtroopers to this machine. You know, if, if this machine runs on anything, it is stormtroopers. It's their blood. You know, it started with the clones, you know, who were they were the clones were created to be fed to this machine. They were born to die, essentially. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and now in the sequel trilogy, we're at a point where we're kidnapping children and raising them up so that they will then also die. And the the sequel trilogy opens up with Finn being like anointed in stormtrooper blood, mm. you know? Yeah. That, that where That's one, great, someone he oh, knew, yeah. someone he cared about is just one of the faceless stormtroopers who gets mowed down and then reaches up to Finn and smears his mask with blood. Like it, that the machine is so horrible and it, and the stormtroopers know that better than anybody that it will just chew you up and spit you out and just keep right on rolling and we need a bug in the system. We need somebody who understands the machine better than anybody and will finally dismantle it. Like and and we're gonna break break the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a great point, Katie. Um yeah. wow. That's so good. Um Yeah, that's uh I mean continuing the point you've been making so often and as we've been doing this is the sense of this you know, the cycle of, of the war and needing to disrupt that. Um, yeah. It's, and, and that's kind of like Poe's what Poe needs to learn too, right? You can't just jump into right, the X-Wing right. and blow things up, right? <laughs> you know, that's, Get your head out of your cockpit. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's the lesson that Poe needs to learn too is that, you know, you can't just always fight your way out of things um, or fight your way to a, a solution um, because that – often still leaves a, a, a bitter sense of uh, opponents. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's great stuff. Thank it, you. I have, I have a lot of emotions about the machine. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, you, you bringing up the machine and directly relating it to, to Finn has me wondering, you know, how important he's going to be in, you know, uh, the rise of Skywalker. Obviously, you know, the trailers are hyping up all this stuff to do with Ray and Kylo and all this stuff. But Finn seems to be pretty involved in things. If we if you start looking below the surface, I mean he's the one that is, you know, there working with um oh goodness, what's her name? The uh Jay her name begins with J. They're riding the Space horses together. Rose? Uh, mm-hmm. Janna? Oh, Janna. Janna. Oh. Janna. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I'm like, what? you talking about Janna? <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm talking about in, in uh, Rise yes. of Skywalker. Oh, sorry. Right, uh, right. Yeah, no, not. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he. And then, of course, 
you know, he seems we see him running out onto that platform that we've seen Kylo and and Ray fighting on. And so I'm just wondering, you know, how big his place in all of this is going to be, because if if we're right and that he's the bug in the system that's really going to kind of help fix some of this stuff. Um, then he's going to have more to do and a bigger part to play than I anticipated. So that's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, gee. <laughs> you know, what else think, we can? I think the the main thing that's obviously that obviously draws this entire saga together is um the force and the skywalkers right um yeah and what's interesting is that you know in this film we see the skywalkers once again down and out right mm-hmm. yeah. um you know, Leia is. I, I feel like this is the most depressing movie for Leia. Just Ugh. the way she holds all that loss, right? That moment she says goodbye mm-hmm. to Haldo, and, you know, I've had enough loss. You know, I don't know how much more I can handle or whatever the line is. Yeah, um, I, I can't take any more. And, and Holy goes, Yes, you can. Yeah. Oh, gosh, my heart. I oh. love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. And I think, you know, so. Even, I mean, at the end, even Leia is kind of, has kind of lost hope for a moment, right? I mean, Luke comes back and brings it back, but Leia has lost hope. I mean, she says to Luke, I know my son is gone, um, you know, yeah. which is something yeah. you would never, probably never expect to hear from Leia, right? Leia, mm-hmm. Leia always has hope. She kind of is the epitome of hope. She's, it's embodiment. Um, and finally, Luke shows up. You know, um, yeah. finally he shows up and, and does something. And, you know, this is why, I, I mean, I like Ray so much in this trilogy because of how pure she is. Um, mm. and, and in a different way from Anakin's purity in episode one, right? Like Anakin is a, a child. So there is a purity to children. Um, but Ray also has like the still kind of a sense of purity, even as an adult. Um, she is just good um and it, this is why i really don't want ray to be related to anybody of import um you know i don't want her to be a kenobi i don't want her to be even a skywalker Same. <laughs> um and i think the reason i do and you know at the end of force awakens yes i definitely did want her to be like i really wanted you know back in 2015 that when i first saw it when ray goes up to the mountaintop and luke is there i want him to be like daughter you've made it I'm like yeah <laughs> like, that would have been so freaking cheesy um, oh my gosh yeah well okay i hear you Carl, like so much because i remember the very first time i saw the force awakens i i thought she was gonna walk up to luke and just be all like father like- <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, but but like this is actually i realized we never actually talked about this the other week when we were doing Force Awakens, that's probably because we lost Katie to the thunderstorm. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Don't be sorry. It's not your fault you live on Camino. Um, You're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but but we never brought up the point about the fact that that l- lightsaber flies to Ray, right? Um, oh. And and how important that is, and how powerful that is, and I think in a way Ray kind of is a new chosen one. And I don't mean the chosen one, right? I think Anakin is the chosen one. I mean, that, that was made abundantly clear through, you know, six films. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but I think again, like think about the episode with when Kenobi slays your beloved Maul, right? And, you know, is he the chosen one? He is right. Like, I think for Obi-Wan, his understanding of the chosen one expands right it expands beyond because if anakin is still the chosen one probably for obi-wan all hope is lost right um so he needs to expand what it can mean to be the chosen one and that's why i feel like ray is the new 
chosen one. Again, I don't mean capital T, the chosen one, but I think she is a new chosen one from the force. Um, chosen to go back and bring Luke back to the fight, but also, but more than that, for her to to do something new. Like, Katie, you've been insinuating all along, you know, what does it mean to be a Jedi? And I think Ray Ray's process and Ray's journey is one of redefining, rediscovering what that means. And of course we right, we're only two thirds through the story, so we don't have an answer still. Um mm. but I think you know so much of it hinges on Ray. And while we obviously haven't seen episode nine, I mean, we know from the trailers, Luke says, you know, a, a thousand generations live in you, but this is your fight, right? You know, this is for Ray to figure out what we need to do to move forward. Um, and I love that in Last Jedi, she, I think by the end of it, believes in what she can kind of be capable of. Um, believes that there is something, right? Like her lifting those rocks is kind of the last big act for her in the film, mm-hmm. right? Whereas earlier, you know, it's not about lifting rocks. Well, in this moment, <laughs> that's what's needed. So Ray does it and Ray can do it. Um, and because she just does have that innate connection to the force. Um, and I, I really like that. Um, yeah, there was something else I was going to say and I'm forgetting it, so... I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I mean, it, it, she's finally figuring out that she's not a supporting character in this story. Uh, I, I, I think she's really kind of after that final betrayal of, of her by, by Kylo there when he, you know, asked her to stay with him as the resistance just gets blown to smithereens outside the window. At that point, she realizes she can't go down that path with, with Ben. Mm -hmm. This isn't Ben's story. This isn't Luke's story. This isn't Leia's story. It's hers. And I think she's finally beginning to realize that she has a, major role to play here a a a big part of the story and that she's you know she spent her entire time you know looking you know on jakku waiting for someone to come get her right yeah and then as soon as she leaves planet she either talks about needing to go back or trying to find someone to you know to to find a place to belong with you know to to find a place you know alongside that other person first it was han and then that didn't work out um and then it was luke and he said no and then it was kylo and he tried to take her down a path that she couldn't go and so she's left without options essentially and so now she's got to realize she has to forge her own path ahead and she's finally figuring out this is her story and not, not Luke's. So. Yeah. That's right. actually, Oh, go ahead, Katie. Oh, well, I was just going to say Leia summarizes that really well at the end of the movie when she says we have everything we need. Mm. Um, Cause Ray has spent this whole movie, Leia too. They've spent the whole movie thinking we need Luke to come back to reignite the spark of hope in this fight. We need uh, assistance from our allies in the outer rim. We need, you know, blah, blah, blah. We need Kylo. He, he, or Ben, he could shift the tide. You know, we need something else to get this done and Leia is at a point at the end of the movie where she can say, no, we have everything we need. We have it. You know, it's here and, and it's us. It's in this room. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so good. Because, mm-hmm. you know, um, thinking of Ray's, Ray's journey up to this point, which, like you said, Jason, is one of initially just waiting. She is a character who just sits and waits, waits almost to be rescued. Maybe that's too strong or not necessarily rescued, but somebody to be claimed. Right. And I think that happens for her in the course of force awakens Finn Han, right. You know, both of them Han offering her a job, 
right? Like the, 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 the joy on her face at that offer. And then as it drops, well, I, you know, I'm flattered, but I have to get back home to Jakku. And then later in the film, when Finn comes back, you know, and the way she embraces him, right? Like this is someone who genuinely cares about her. And in this second act, which is typical probably of a second act, she doesn't really have anyone except Kylo mm-hmm. kind of claiming her. And Kylo's claiming her in the wrong way, in my opinion, um, right? Like he's claiming her because he needs her for something, for his own, you know, his own plans, his own schemes. Um, but it's not an authentic desire for genuine relationship. Again, this is my opinion. I, I'm sure you would disagree, Katie. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I mean, looking at the way that both Finn and Kylo relate to Ray, like Finn is Finn is far better for for Ray than Kylo could ever be up to this point. Um, he he doesn't have any reasons for himself selfishly as to why he cares about her. Kylo does. Um, and, uh, you know, I think so in that movie, like at the end, I think there is that sense of hopelessness from Ray. Of, you know, what, how do we rebuild it? What do we do from here? Um, Luke's gone now, right? You know, Han's gone. All the, these legacy characters are, are, are no longer with us. And Leia gives her that perspective of you've got all you need, right? Um, the strongest stars have hearts of Kyber. As she's standing there with a Kyber crystal in her hand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is, um, yeah, I don't know. I, so can I, can I just say something really quick about Resistance Reborn, the book? Sure. Um, yeah. Yes. It's because it's, cause it's it, I, I, I didn't finish it and I don't know that I will. Um, but <laughs> the one thing that I don't like is how so early on in the book, Ray is still just like, super unsure of herself. I feel like the book takes a few steps back from the Ray that we actually learned who she was in last Jedi. I feel like the book kind of, I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think it does a good job with Ray's story at all from the little bit that I got through. Um, and, and I don't like that because she's sitting there at the end feeling hopeless. Um, and yet Leia reminds her that they do have all they need. Um, that yeah. she has all she needs. Um, and I think, again, that's part of the theme of this movie is, you know, oftentimes we think we need to recapture the golden days, right? We have to recapture something from the past and bring that back. Um, you know, we're waiting for that to happen. But the truth is, is that we have enough within ourselves to forge a new path, to create something new and even better than what came before. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I don't know. Like Yeah. Can I uh, can I can I please. throw something on you? Yeah. See how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> that that moment where Ray is looking at the lightsaber, the broken legacy saber in her hands. Gosh, that's such a heavy image. <laughs> you can you can interpret that in so many ways. You know, the the broken legacy, the you know, the broken uh, you know, Luke's saga anakin's saga anakin's legacy everything is now broken and in her hands and she has to fix it Mm. (laughs) you know she has inherited this incredible weight uh another way i love to interpret that image because i'm me um i (laughs) i think in so many ways she's looking at that lightsaber and she feels broken you know yeah Mm. i'm thinking about this because of what you were saying carl about how uh, in rise of the resistance um Resistance Reborn. Sorry, the book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where you know she's unsure of herself. I I think, you know, it's not insignificant that both she and Kylo broke that saber. You know, they they were both reaching out for it, and for the first time, that saber was torn about which way it was going to go because both Ray and Kylo were in balance. And I think when Ray looks at that broken saber. You know, she she knew for a brief moment there, she knew how it felt to be complete. She knew how it felt to have her other half. You know, she is the light half and Kylo is the dark half. And for a moment there, they were working in sync and they were in balance. And then when they when they 
tore apart, you know, when they mm. decided to go their separate ways, you know, he says, join me in the worst way. <laughs> right. And she says, no, I'm leaving. They break that saber in half. They are two halves of something. And now, and now they're splintered again. And so when Ray looks at that saber, she, she's like, how, how do I put myself together without him? <laughs> you know she no no she doesn't need him she is a strong person all on her own but there is something that's been torn there's something that's been broken not just in her but in the galaxy and it does need to to come back together the two halves do need to be repaired and it's a momentous task like 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 i've been saying she has inherited this like incredible you know debt this galactic debt of what the Skywalkers have, you know, done to the galaxy, what the war has done to the galaxy, and she has to fix it. But I don't know. She can do it, you guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> she can do I, it. I think so. I don't think the Force would have <laughs> called out to her otherwise. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. She's going to have to have help, but she can do it. Um, I, I will say uh, – Resistance Reborn is primarily, you know, Poe and Leia's story, uh, which is one reason why Ray kind of takes the back seat. But she does have a good moment um, at the end, um, I think. So, and I'll tell you that about that, Carl, off mic, uh, so that I don't <laughs> spoil it for anybody. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, that it, it is a huge task. You know, there's this. Not only is the saber broken, but you know they are at this point where it it looks like the the job that they have um, really is an insurmountable task. They've got you know a handful of resistance fighters left, right? And almost the entire first order army is still out there. Snoke is defeated, yeah. Um, that's a big. That's that's a big plus. However, comma, um, you know, <laughs> Kylo Ren is decided that he's going to be supreme leader now, and honestly, I think he's going to do more damage to the First Order than the Resistance could, at least initially. Um, oh, right? Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. No, what he does. does. What does Kylo Ren know about like reform policy and you know, <laughs> bookkeeping and just? <laughs> healthcare for stormtroopers oh, right. you know <laughs> it's just all like oh well we have nothing to feed our troops it's like what who is who is supposed to order more rations well, that was that would be you sir that's i hate this right right i mean to, to be honest the probably you know the better person to you know succeed snoke would have been hux, hux. but oh my gosh but, he doesn't have the force, um, and the force definitely guided a lot of what Snoke was doing too. So I don't know. It, it, it's I mean, but from a purely administrational standpoint, Hux is definitely the better suited one for the job. It's <laughs> General Hux. I'm sorry. I just I miss my boy. I haven't seen him. Have you seen this boy? Have you seen my son? <laughs> Katie's got the milk carton out for everybody. I do. <laughs> I'm like the the fish, the Finding Nemo dad. I'm like, have you seen my son? Mar, Marlin. Mar, Mar, sure. Marlin. Sure. Yeah, it's Marlin. He's a clown. But it is. Yeah, he's, he's a clownfish named Marlin. Um, it's like we haven't seen Hux. At least I haven't seen Hux in any of the marketing, really, like at all. Yeah. The only thing I've seen is the Vanity Fair uh, right. photos with him and uh, Pride. Pride. Right. Yeah. And, He's standing and, behind Pride, even. it's You know what I mean? It's like Pride is taking center stage with, with that. And that's, that is so confusing to me. I mean, because, it's a Vanity Fair photo. so well, Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. And, but and here, it, here's the thing. Like, Hux was such a, a pivotal character in Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. He is being set up as, like, I don't know... Kylo's antagonist. <laughs> like yeah. there's yeah, there's the moment at the end of this movie where the camera, you know, zooms in on on Hux's face at the very end there and we just know that Hux is planning something. You know, he's not happy that Kylo's in charge of everything. And and I'm just like where where is Hux? What is this building to? Why haven't I seen Hux? By the way, this is not a call for spoilers. If you've like read something or seen something, if you know where Hux is, please don't tell me. I I want to 
I just want to ask the question without the answer, please. <laughs> right. We we have a week and a half. We'll find out in a week and a half from, yeah, exactly. from the time we're recording, folks. Yeah. So don't don't you know, or less than that. Yeah. God. Please, um, please don't, don't, don't please tell don't us. Ask. Yeah, don't at me, please. I'm begging. But also, <laughs> where's my son? Where is he? <laughs> I really yeah, I'm super curious to see what that builds to specifically. I think there there's there's something to me, obviously, unresolved between Hux and Kylo. There's something there that needs to be resolved. But I think also if Finn is breaking the, the cycle, the machine, the person who benefits most from that machine at this point is Hux because he's in charge of the army. You know, He, he is who the stormtroopers fight for. Yeah. So I think there's something unresolved there between Hux and, and Finn. Uh, oh, particularly because in this movie, Hux like slaps him across the face. You know, like True. He, he he is very displeased with this traitor and he does not appreciate a bug in his system. You know, he needs the stormtroopers to run effectively and without question. And Finn is the antithesis of that. So I I am eager to see if in the next movie there there's more scenes between Hux and Finn. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be interesting. Um, do you like, want to? Yeah, do you want to know? Was that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, God, don't I'm tell just joking. Me. Oh, I'm joking. Carl. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Carl. <laughs> Carl read, you know, full spoilers for uh, Force Awakens uh, before the movie came out and didn't tell me. So I would, Carl, Carl's, I would never tell Carl's anybody like, that doesn't want no. to know because that's just like that's so mean. Yeah. Um, Car- yeah, Carl's a good friend when it comes to spoilers. <laughs> I luckily I do have one friend who also reads everything, so it's great because like he and I can talk. And again, the spoilers don't mean they're true, right? Like there's that's true. Yeah, they could be total BS. Um, exactly. And and I understand on on like some level, it's fun to like speculate in that way. Oh, yeah. what if this does really happen? Right, you know, right, uh, right. you know, whatever. It's, yeah, yeah. It's just you're just having fun. I, I yeah. no shade on you, Carl. Oh, like at yeah. all. No, yeah. I know, and and I would I would never ever ever tell anybody anything because that's just again. First off, I mean, even if I did, it could be completely wrong. But also, what people are like, I don't want to know. That's a kind of a jerk thing to be like. Well, here's what happens. It's like, <laughs> wow, you're a crappy person. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I just like yeah. you're just like wow. I automatically understand why Anakin fell to the dark side. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> Younglings, like yeah, yeah. terrific. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why Ben turned on Luke. Luke walked yeah. in, and <laughs> on the other side of the saber, it was like, guess what? <laughs> Vader's my father. Vader's uh, my father. No, no, I, I haven't I, seen I, the I movies. Oh, it was like Tony Stark died. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, like Ben was in the middle of reading Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just came up from behind him that night. Just, uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, man, I, I just gotta say this, Katie. I'm so thankful for you because I, I don't feel like I had anything that bright to say. So I love all of the galaxy brain stuff that you bring, and I, I love how well you make sense of the sequel trilogy. It makes me like it so much more, even though, even though it's my, not my favorite movie. I love it. Whenever I hear you talk about it, it just makes me so oh, excited. Thank so you. just like, I feel, I don't know. I watch this movie and I feel like I'm at one with this movie. I love I'm it. like, I get you last Jedi. <laughs> I understand you. <laughs> well, and, and in a way it gets you right. Like it, it there's something okay. about that story that helps make sense of, probably your own story in some way, shape or form. So of course yeah, you exactly. get it. Um, and I love that you do because it oh. certainly enlightens Jason and I. So thank Aww. you. <laughs> yeah. You guys, um, <laughs> true. but all right. Yeah. So, Is there anything else that we want to bring up? Any, any other points that we really need to make? Not for me. I hit the, the stuff I really wanted to hit. Yeah. It's just a good talk. Yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm so I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We got, you know, just over a week from the time we're recording and I uh, will be in the movie theater watching Rise of Skywalker and crying. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes indeed. Oh my goodness. Um wow. All right. So we've journeyed. We've made it as far as episode 9. And we wow. have to just wait one more week. And then we can talk about that for months. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
I don't I don't know I don't know how I feel about this. You know, I I've not been thinking about the fact that this is the last, you know, in this nine episode story. Right. I've not been thinking about that. Um and, but but as we get closer, that keeps coming up in the back of my head a little bit more and a bit more. I'm like, oh man, this this story is coming to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Just try not to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well. Well, that being said, we have a great poll for you all in light of this yes. episode. And we want to know what your favorite moment is in The Last Jedi. Yeah. There's some good ones. There's a lot of good ones. The whole thing. <laughs> Katie, Katie, stop pulling a Jason. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, All right, Jason. <laughs> I love you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so, yes, yeah, certainly let us know what you're – and, again, I feel like we probably did this because I know we did a series uh, probably a couple of years ago where we went through each movie asking your favorite scene. But, hey, we got new people and always, always fun to talk about a favorite scene. So, and like Jason said, there are a lot of them in this movie. And like Katie said, for some, it's the whole damn thing. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <sighs> oh. But uh, Carl, if people want to weigh in on our matchup or anything else that we've got going on um, in the Wampus Lair, where can they do that? Um, they can obviously get in touch with us on Twitter at Wampus Lair. You can f- find us on Facebook at Wampus Lair Podcast. Um, and you can also email us at wampuslayerpodcast at gmail.com. Katie, how can folks find you and continue to be enlightened by your love for The Last Jedi? And other <laughs> you things. You guys can find me. <laughs> what? And other things, too. <laughs> other things, yeah. Mostly my salty tears. Anyway, you guys can find me on Twitter at PoeHotDameron. All right. Uh, well, that's all I've got. Anything else we want to say, folks? I I think that's it. Um, on to the Rise of Skywalker. On to Rise of Skywalker. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This has been episode number 362, The Spark. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair. 